A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Ben Kay. When I'm not dropping balls over try lines in World Cup finals, I'm downloading the latest Egg Chasers rugby podcast. Hello, Egg Chasers. Welcome to episode 20 of the Egg Chasers rugby podcast. We don't take ourselves or the game too seriously. We just love the game of rugby. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hi, Tim. And that's Phil. Hi, Tim. Did you play at the weekend, Phil? You fit yet? Uh, I did, yeah. Um, How'd you go on? uh, We won 1914 in some of the worst conditions I've ever played rugby in. Like uh, Playing on the world uh, against Caldy uh, and there was... Very open pitch, very barren, very there, exposed. Yeah, and sideways wind and sideways rain, and uh, it was horrible. Sideways running, uh, <laughs> forward passing, not much running. There was lots and lots and lots of knock-ons. The ref probably let us get away with about a third of them, but there still must have been about forty odd knock-ons. <sighs> JB, you, your, your team, Broughton Park, lost, lost badly, and uh, Wales lost. They lost badly. Me and, Phil have, me and Phil have been staying up round the clock on Suicide Watch. We had to take his shoelaces away. We took his belt away. Plastic knives and forks in the Beardmore house. Uh, I felt like Brian Moore. <laughs> Before we get on to Wales Island, which we are going to talk about, I'm afraid, uh, JB, as well as the other Six Nations and Premiership action and all the transfer speculation and a dream team and some rugby all coming up. Uh, JB, you were at a function... A financial-based function, was it? No, 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 I wasn't. Where were uh, you? I was in the living room in Manchester listening to a pianist. <laughs> Why? You uh, went out to check out a pianist you might want at your wedding. Correct. Wow. How, how flash is this wedding going to be that you go and scope out a pianist? That's not the right kind of pianist. I want to... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, let's have a listen to what you got when you were there. Go for it. Hi, I'm Paul Schulberg, and I listen to Exercise's podcast. <laughs> That is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Paul Scholthorpe. So how did you come by meeting Paul Scholthorpe, the rugby league legend? He, he was just there. He turned around. I was like, I just thought, that is Paul Scholthorpe. I waited for him to nip off to the toilet. I didn't follow him before any wise cracks were made. Uh, and I asked his friends, is that Paul Scholthorpe? And they said, yes. Also in, in the bar was Ricky Hatton. But his friends looked a lot less friendly than Paul Scholthorpe's friends. <laughs> so I didn't ask them if that's Ricky Hatton, and I didn't get a sign back, back from Ricky Hatton. But I'm sure oh. he does listen to the Egg Chasers podcast. Oh, undoubtedly. undoubtedly. And on that note, thank you very much for listening to this one, whether it's the first one you've listened to or you've been with us for a while now. Thank you for the, for the kind reviews at iTunes and whatnot. Keep listening, subscribe and all that, and we'll keep it coming. There's lots of people been getting in touch, as you can as well. At Rugby Podcast uh, is where we tweet from, and um, some people have been getting in touch, so... 
Let's look through the mailbag this week. <laughs> Firstly, there was a, a bit of reaction to our dream team last week. We picked, there was. We picked a movie dream team. Picked a 15 of actors that we felt would suit particular positions. For example, the hooker was would be would be performed by JB. Oh, uh, what did I say? Julia uh, Roberts. Roberts. Roberts <laughs> for example. <laughs> and that all started because Nick Frost, who was a guest on last week's podcast, was a big rugby player himself, and his mentor was Jason Leonard. Yeah, so uh, Simo well. says, I cannot believe you didn't put Clint Eastwood in your 15. What a second row enforcer he would be. Back in the day. Yeah, a bit of an enforcer, hard yeah. man. Mm. Uh, Adam Cross says, um, or Gross, sorry, says purely on his performance in any given Sunday, Jamie Foxx had to be considered. Maybe it's a substitute. Reserve 10. Third reserve 10. Stereo Mike, uh, what about Joe Pesci at nine instead of Peter Dinklage? Peter Dinklage. Dinklage. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I'm happy with Dinklage. Uh, I do like this bit of contact we had from Rob Hirsch on Twitter. As I say, it's at Rugby Podcast. He said, in New Zealand, they call mini rugby the tag rugby. Ripper Rugby. Yeah, mm. I, I saw that. That is awesome. Yeah, that's a great name. Do you know what upsets me? It upsets what? me that even in New Zealand they're making them play tag rugby. They should just be straight into contact. Nah. At that age, no, at that age they're not going to get hurt. They bounce back up. No, it should be all about skills. It's um, all about but, space uh, and finding the gaps and handling. Oh, stop it now. And they play four aside at a really young age. Four, four aside. aside? Yeah, so you get more of the ball. Wow. But Ripper Rugby is more descriptive about what happens when you rip the tag off and it just sounds cool. Yeah, it's better yeah. than tag so, rugby, I guess. Glad we know that one. Uh, Rich Holmes was not impressed at a Frenchman uh, playing in the Six Nations wearing gloves. Uh, I thought we got rid of those gloves that people used to wear back in the day. I bet you had a pair of gloves, didn't you, JB? I did. I had silver gloves to match my silver boots when I used to play on the wing at Colwyn Bay. <laughs> but how nice is Francie's away kit, by the way? It's lovely. That is the number one kit. That is the number one it kit. It's quite nice. It's beautiful. And uh, Matt Cooper says, um, basically re-quoted you, JB. Wise, said, wise man. And said, uh, lock someone in a basement for the first 20 years of life, then get them to ref a rugby match. Wayne Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> he hates rugby Wayne Barnes. He hates it. Did you see him talking to Peter Romani towards the end of the Island-Wales game? Peter Romani, to be fair, should have shut his mouth, but was complaining at a decision. And he was talking to him like he was a, a little kid being put on the naughty step. Yeah, Peter Amani also said after the game that Ireland wanted it more. Have you seen this? I, I've, I saw his comment, yeah. Yeah, so he said, Ireland wanted it more. And Jamie Roberts says, I'm very upset we all wanted it. Nobody wanted that game as much as, as Omani. Every time like, they panned over to him, he, he's either crying or he was cheering or he was, like, flexing. M- muttering to himself. Try harder, try harder, try harder. Pre-game workout had really kicked in. Yeah, I was... Um, Pre-workout. Very important. Well, see, last year's Ireland-Wales game at the Millennium Stadium was a one-half blitz. It was like a smash and grab by Ireland and Wales couldn't quite make up the difference in the second half Saturday was pure domination from kicking, minute one it? an absolute kicking well I don't know uh, I watched the replay with Phil and I think we were very competitive for the first two minutes <laughs> <laughs> we looked good and then it, just yeah, fell it was it was definitely even for the, over the, yeah. those first two minutes Liam Williams oh my god that was a statement from Ireland though yeah yeah I guess Big no, no Sean O'Brien in that team. No, but Peter O'Mahony is man of the match, so who cares? Yeah, yeah and Peter O'Mahony's turnovers and the number of penalties he won from turnovers was quite incredible. But he did a great on last job. week's podcast, that's where we were saying, you were saying that's where Wales' edge were. Faletau, Lydia, Warburton. Faletau looked all right. Well, bits. Uh, here's the thing. No one really looked all right. It was the worst performance I've had, well, according to Gatland, in six years. So, yeah, it happens occasionally. Does that include getting beat by Samoa and Argentina back-to-back last uh, year? Maybe. And, yeah, maybe. Who knows? 
Well, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> we know you don't. Move on. I'll tell you, if, if you're a Scotland fan, you won't really want us to talk about Scotland either. But... Who is a Scotland fan, by, by the way? Hey, there were some people getting into the old uh, fireworks and the, oh, red, no, no, the, red, sorry, the red or chili pipers at yeah. the weekend before you, the match. If you're into pyrotechnics and reenactments of old battles, yeah, you want to go to Merrifield. If you want to watch rugby, forget it. How bad was Scotland? They're just rubbish. Yeah, they really weren't, because they've got some good players. Yeah, here's the thing, right? I kind of think of Scotland the way I thought of Wales about eight or nine years ago, where you have suddenly building blocks of a team, and then to play like that it was, it was shocking. Because they, they do have a smattering of good players. We've had our, on Twitter as well, someone's got in touch and, and posted a link to a, a Daily Telegraph article, which is basically, it's deliberately explosive, an incendiary article where Paul Hayward of the Telegraph is just trying to get a rise. But what he says is, and what do you make of this? Scotland's place in the Six Nations should be reviewed if their performance is this bad consistently. Who would replace them? He goes on to say, um, after mocking the Red Hot Chili Pipers and all the pyrotechnics before the match, (laughs) since Italy joined and it became the Six Nations, Scotland have lost 52 of 72 matches. They've only won two of their last 12. And on Saturday, they lost five of their own lineouts, almost half, missed 27 tackles, gave away 16 penalties, 3% 3% of time in the opponent's 22, having dropped their captain. Right. Lionels in particular. OK, so let me guess right. You know the call, the other people don't. You throw the ball in when you're, when you're ready and you jump when you know to jump, and yet you still lose half your, half your lineouts. I don't understand being dominated on the gain line or losing the contact area. Losing half your lineouts is unacceptable. And England got 95% of theirs or something. Well, 100% in the Hartley. Hartley got 100%. He got 20 out of 20, which so, is, in those conditions is... Absolutely. Hell, does he not get like 120% because of the ones that I, um, cause the ones that's gotten lost? <laughs> I don't think you can attribute them to England's hooker. <laughs> Maybe. But if they insist on picking a hooker who can neither hook nor throw in... It's a problem, isn't it? Then, yeah, they're really going to have a problem at the set piece. Mm. He looks good, though. He's got big arms. Rossford looks... Yeah, Rossford looks exceptional. Looks... Well, Dan's in, you know, looks like a rugby player. Like, physically, he's not far off someone like Bismarck Duplessis. He's the benchmark, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? This is one of the points we've made on the show before. The uh, lower you go down the level of rugby, the more someone looks like they're going to be incredible, the worse they are. Yeah. So, at Scotland's level, when they look like they're going to be incredible, they're terrible. But when they look like they're going to be terrible, like... Jim Hamilton with his long, lanky oh, legs yeah. and his big socks rolled big down. Be- yeah, big with belly. His tiny calves. He's one of their best players. <laughs> yeah, his little veal calves. Yeah, he has got little calves, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, so does um, is that low the, the prop? Murray low. Small calves. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. It's the last thing you want on a prop. Can I just talking about legs? Can I just say, um, having been stood in the tunnel at Sale Sharks against uh, Gloucester at the weekend, I was doing the match announcement. Sarah Elgin. No. Okay, sorry, gone. <laughs> no, it wasn't a BT game. I uh. I was amazed at Matt Kovezik's legs. Really? Sounds like a very homoerotic thing great, to say. Great leg power, terrible brain power. It looked like the guys in the velodrome doing the doing the sprint on, wow. on the bikes. Wow. Yeah. Maybe he's another Lawson. Maybe. Do you fancy a game of rugby social? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'd love one. Let's do, let's have a game of rugby social then. <laughs> Every rugby club up and down the land likes to have a bit of a social from time to time. We're no different on the Egg Chasers podcast, uh, only this is social as in social media. So I've been looking at the Twitter accounts of some rugby players and I've got some questions based upon those. The first one, Phil and JB. Well, it's a Six Nations related one. 
and I'm sure you're going to know the answer to this. <laughs> who had a pop at Wales scrum half Mike oh, Phillips after who? Ireland's win in Dublin? Was it A, Shane Filan, once of Westlife? Was it B, <laughs> Niall Horan of One Direction? Or was it C, Ronan Keating, once of Boyzone? Christ, I thought I knew the answer to this, but I don't. Who's been having what? a pop at Mike Phillips? You go first then, Jay. Well, I'm going to obviously go with... The Irish fellow, what's his face? Well, they're, they're all, all Irish. Irish. Oh, are they? <laughs> oh, I don't know. These kids. Shane Filan of what of Westlife? Oh, Shane Filan, maybe. Niall Horan of One Direction or Ronan Keating of Boyzone? Ronan Keating? <laughs> uh, I'll go for Niall from One Direction. You know it's right, don't you, Phil? I've got a good yeah. feeling oh, about this no. one. It is, it is correct. Well done, well done. It is. I still suppose Ronan Keating, Keating's that topical anymore, is he? He's it's not very really current. Well, it, it could have been. But basically what happened was it was towards the end when Paddy Jackson yeah. scored the try. There was that little kerfuffle behind the posts and Mike Phillips bowled in. And actually, to be fair, he was only defending his teammate, I felt. I couldn't work out if that little knee thing was... Bad or not. Liam Williams. Bad. The other angle looked fine. Well, yeah, Liam Williams like slid in as Paddy Jackson put the ball down Mm. and didn't really catch him, but it looked bad from some angles. And Carney, yeah, pushed him a little bit. If I was going to run into the knees of any professional rugby player, it would be Liam Williams. (laughs) Oh, no. Or Paddy Jackson. They're like little knives stabbing (laughs) stabbing you into into your back. So the Twitter spat was uh, Niall Horan from One Direction tweeting after that incident. I'll try an accent. I'm sorry. I apologise if you're Irish. Mike Phillips looks like a child throwing his toys out of the pram. <laughs> his attitude is terrible, like. Looks like a right arrogant Aegis. Uh, did he actually waste his characters on putting like on them? <laughs> Mike Phillips responded uh, to Niall Horan saying, Come down to training this week, big boy. Bring the rest of the Beatles with you. <laughs> Hang on, is that a compliment or not? Beatles um, were fairly good, weren't they? I think it's very much taking the mickey. Oh, uh, right. Like uh, it's not that funny. So uh, I just I just want to say lower the cage. Let's get ready to rumble. Let's uh, get by those the way, two can I just make just make a point about the fighting, or the little scuffle. When you're 19 points down, don't fight. You look like an idiot. Like if it's kind of even-ish, but they've got they've just beaten beaten you handily, and you're throwing punches. You and look to correct like you, it was 24 points at that point because they just scored a try. Exactly. <laughs> you look like I was embarrassed. When that, when that uh, next question then. In a break from having a Twitter row with Piers Morgan, Brian Moore complained about what food? Was it A, lettuce because it doesn't taste of anything? Was it B, vodka because he doesn't trust a drink you can make from potato? Or C, pop-tarts because the filling resembles magma? For God's sakes! God's sakes! (laughs) (laughs) So this was Brian Moore. Brian Moore. Okay, well, he's not gone away to have uh, have a swig of vodka. Well, he might have gone away to eat some potatoes. Uh, so I'm going to go for the vodka. No, I'm not. Having eaten some delicious potatoes. I can't imagine Brian Moore has a ready supply of Pop-Tarts either. <laughs> He's not a single man from Oldham. So <laughs> I'm going to say it is the first one, lettuce. To vodka. Oh. And... So lettuce. No. It was pop tart. It's pop tart. He complained about pop tart filling being resembling magma. Where the hell does he get these pop tarts from? I don't know. I've not. Seen, are they still in the supermarkets? Don't know. Maybe uh, he's got the National Trust. Yeah, know. on like the American shelf in supermarkets. Anyway, this is this is what he sounded like when he just ate some uh, some pop tart. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what he sounded like when he ate a pop tart. Toby Flood. Don't sing. <laughs> He's funny. Uh, so, final question in this week's rugby social. And what did Ireland skipper Paul O'Connell get for his 34th birthday as a treat from his wife? Oh, uh... Was it A, a free pass to have a night outside of the matrimonial relationship? Was it B, <laughs> bacon made into the number 34? Or was, this, or was it C, a bottle of total sunblock? Mm. Ooh. I think... I, I think I know the answer. But I, I think I, it's 34 after... Um, after Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. But yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe him and his... This is a big Breaking Bad fan. You're both right. Yeah. Yes. And it, he does. It is due to a love of Breaking Bad. Hang on, do we have a tiebreaker? Do we need a tiebreaker? No. I got I the first one, right? Oh, yeah. I win yeah. again. Phil wins again. Another rugby. round of Rugby Social. Rugby Social. But I just played a little clip of Brian Moore's commentary, which which keeps us entertained all the time. Toby Flood. God's sake! Why is he even doing that? You're a fullback! Get me on the back line! Well, I found a commentator which is potentially even better than Brian Moore. Wow. Um, and I thought I'd play this because Rugby League has returned. Yes. Super League was back. Uh, the Men of Steel and all that. I've got a clip of a Rugby League commentator, a Castlefield's own commentator, like club commentator. Oh, yes. Uh, you know the guy, do you, I've seen Oh, it. yeah, it's quality. I love it. Andy A! Have you heard it when Castlefield score though? Like, 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 later on? Yes, I have. It's this bit. Oh, Steve Pegg, Steve! Oh, that's his head! What about him? He's a giant! Shove it up yours! He's the best pop in the world! Never mind anybody else! Antiques! We all can't speak! We can't speak! Spike! <laughs> Amazing. Brilliant. So, yeah, all right, Rugby League. We've got Brian Moore. Uh, but rugby league is back, and I suppose that that work that takes us nicely onto. We should really talk Sam Burgess. Mm. Oh yes, because the rumor is that in a joint deal, Bath and the RFU are going to fund the transfer of Sam Burgess, not only from Australia to the UK, but from rugby league to rugby union, from the South Sydney War- uh, Rabbitohs to potentially Bath to fill the 12 position for England is what apparently the rumour is. Why? I don't get this. Well, yeah. Why? For one. Because they've got four 12s in the squad. Yeah. You've got Brad four Barrett, tw- Billy Twelve Trees, Luther Burrell. And Eastman. And Carl Eastman. Yeah, I mean, what are we getting here? We're getting a, a slightly different version of Burrell, really. Yeah, or, or Twelve Trees. Slightly bigger. Probably not as Burrell good a ball, and ball player. Burrell and well, Twelve Trees combined. Well, yeah. basically... Sam Burgess is regarded as, and he's still, what, 24 years old? Uh, 25 years. 25. He's had four years at South Sydney Rabbitohs, and is pretty much regarded as, well, far head and shoulders, the best English rugby league player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And would walk into any team in the NRL. Won't it look very peculiar at Bath when their options for 12 are Kyle Eastman? Uh, Kyle Eastman, 5'6". Yes, exactly. 5'6", five, five and um, Sam well, Burgess at 6'5". Yeah. Which one are you going to go for? He's an absolute beast of a man and um, hard as nails, quick. He's got a step, can offload. He's got every 
trick in the book. So you can see why Stuart Lancaster's going. Well, by all means, bring him over. And I think if you do bring him over, Bath is as good a place for him to go, go, go as any. Uh, yeah. But are you not missing a trick by putting him at 12? Well, 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 well I, was, I was going to ask you, Phil, because me and JB both being forwards, I'm thinking in the modern day, 12 is the most, uh, just about the most technical position defensively, especially. Yeah, you've got to be able to, you've got to have great game management because, like, look at people like Mike Cat, who's played there last few, oh, well, Wonderful. five years or so ago, who was like an extra 10. 12 trees, again, can play like an extra 10. But Jamie Roberts? Not, not so much. Not at all. But you can have these who are distributors and kickers but have to be very astute defensively and organisers and all that. So to transfer someone, because it would only come in at the start of next season, he would have one year before the World Cup. Is it not a bit short-sighted to try and convert him in one year to be an international 12? Yeah. Well, some other people have been saying chuck him on the flank. I That would be crazy because 12 is hard. But it's kind of similar to rugby league, isn't it? In a lot of ways, flanker. Yeah. They've no. I remember watching Andy Farrell's first game live uh, in Vicarage Road, and they brought him on at six. He hadn't got a clue. And the next week he was moved to twelve. So he started at six, moved moved to twelve. And I think that's probably what the the look to do. But I've that got, wasn't a, raw, a massive success. It's clearly in terms of raw attributes, he's got some amazing skill. I've got a little clip that I found of. Russell Crowe talking about Sam Burgess. Ooh, oh, wow. Which I thought, because seeing as he's the, the co-owner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, he was the man who basically brokered the deal and actually met with Sam Burgess in, when he was filming for Robin Hood. He met and said, come and play for us when, when Sam Burgess was 21. And this is Russell Crowe talking about Sam Burgess in a little documentary that's been made and played out in Australia um, about Sam Burgess called Slamming Sam. So he's a guy who can be as vicious as he needs to be. He can do anything he needs to do during the course of the 80 minutes to bring a result towards his team. His will to win rises to any occasion. But the moment that final whistle's blown, he's a completely different man. He's able to laugh easily. He's good with kids, respectful to women. He appreciates life. He has that thing built within him to never quit. And if you're going to do something, you do it to the absolute utmost of your ability. People talk of these once-in-a-generation type of players. The Americans call them a franchise player. The individual, that can be a catalyst. They excite, they inspire, they light up the stadium. And you can appreciate their skill, but what you love is their determination. And it's the nature of that person beyond the game itself that's the true distinction. And you can build a dynasty. So he's spoken about in pretty high terms. That bearing in mind from last week's movie 15, that was our fly half yeah, I, talking about England's potential centre. I wish Russell Crowe would talk about me in that way. When he was saying he's, he's good with kids and respectful for women, what does that say about the rest of the South Sydney Rabbitohs? <laughs> oh, please, so he stands out on those grounds. <laughs> the reports I'm, I'm reading are like, it's a done deal, he's definitely coming. But not only did Russell Crowe talk about him like that, like he is the player, and along with his three brothers at the South Sydney Rabbitohs that they want to build a team around, but there's also the fact that he's with his three brothers, there's also the fact, when you watch that documentary, as I have done, it's pretty amazing. Their dad, the, the father, died, and Russell Crowe's got really, really close with Sam Burgess over the years, and actually, before one big game, pulled him aside and said, there you go, have that. And it was an honorary membership of the South Sydney Rabbitohs for his dad. And basically, the seat next to Russell Crowe's belongs to Mike Burgess, their father, who's passed away. So there is an unbelievable sort of connection and feeling between... Sam Burgess and that club. Yeah. That's a very so, Hollywood American thing. 
to give his dead dad a seat. Do you think? It's very nice. But That's a nice touch. I think he meant, yeah. it, nice he meant it sincerely. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a great touch. So the point you're making is how uh, re- reluctant yeah. is Russell Crowe and the South Sydney Robertos and Sam Burgess. Does he want to leave his three brothers and his mum who are all living down there in Australia Because uh, well? his mum's actually got a job there, hasn't she? She yeah. didn't watch the World Cup because she had to work, work, work in Australia. Yeah, she, he can get citizenship in another year. No, uh, Australia's overrated. And besides, if you're going to live in Bath, excellent. You're going to play rugby, excellent, and then play for England. Why not? It, he's got a, a shot at winning the World Cup as well. Yeah, I mean, he's, watched Sonny, he's watched Sonny Bill do it. He can always yeah. go back. Yeah, and Sonny, yeah, do some boxing. And I think they'd be missing a trick at 12, putting him at 12. I'd like to see him at second row. What? He's 6'5 and 18 stone. Imagine... To, uh, he, he, For me, he has all the skills that he needs to be an international second row and some more on top of that. Okay. So so what harm is it? It's like a second row plus. I mean, uh, this is just a guess, but I'm pretty sure that he'll ne- he'll have never rocked. He'll have never mauled. You, but, have you ever tried to lift, lift someone in a line-out who's never been lifted? me and JB are thinking through all the drills we do and the technicalities of mauling and stuff and the body positions you have to be in and the, it's a really technical position. It's a really technical yeah. position. I, I understand the technicality of playing back row. I'll hold my hands up if I'm wrong and if, if people get onto us on Twitter and oh, say... they will. I don't, I don't think second rows are just tall. I think there's a no, lot of... No, but I think he a has... Lot, they do a lot of rucking as well, for one. He has all the physical attributes to be a second row and some on top of that as well. Mm. Whereas I'd question whether his game management and all that kind of thing and his understanding of the overall game would be too weak to, to be an inside centre. I think it's the, uh, the, only, the, only, the only place that these guys have ever been, been, been successful. The weight of evidence says wing, well, full-back centre. I spoke to some rugby league friends of mine um, and they were like, if it is a massive nail in the coffin of rugby league if we lose Sam Burgess because he's that good. Mm. and that important for England at Rugby League. But on the flip side, it's like, well, what have England got to lose? We potentially have got a guy that's got skills that surpass what we already have. Why not? Why not? Yeah, if they've got the finances available to do it, which I think they are if you do, yeah, absolutely. why not try it? But I, I would personally love to see him in the second row. I think an inside centre is exactly where they're thinking about him, much in the Sonny Bill kind, because he can distribute, he's got a brilliant step, he can offload out of the no tackle. I have no idea if he can di- distribute or not. I he's a rugby know. league player, all their yeah. skills are awesome. If yeah, you, I guess. If you're playing top-level rugby league in Australia, you can distribute you can, you can pass the ball. at full pelt in the opposition's face. Yeah. He's a pretty phenomenal athlete, so, yeah, we'll watch that one with interest. These, the, the transfers will slow down a little bit on yeah, that one. Yeah, do you know what I think is really, really odd about, about the transfers? No Freddie Burns news yet. Uh, as to where he's going, yeah. Mm. Neither has we had any news on Toby Flood. No, nothing official. That's a good point. Other transfer news: Laidlaw to Sale. Well, that's been rumoured. They've come out and said they want him. A little bird has told me that he was around Carrington last week. Hmm. Mm. But he might just cost a bit too much. I think that'd be a good move for Sale. Do you? I, I, I think he's a solid player. Well, they're yeah. losing Peel, and the scrum halves they've got aren't good enough yet. Yeah. So I, I think he'd be good. A good signing. Yeah, it's just unusual for Sale to buy a young international. That's usually what what they like to sell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a 37 year old scrum half they can pick, pick <laughs> yeah. up from somewhere. Uh, have they phoned Andy Nickel yet? See, see if he's available. <laughs> Maybe Brian Redpath. <laughs> Redpath his booze yeah. back on. Uh, right. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to do a Dream 15 in a, in a couple of minutes' time, but um, a quick rugby okey interlude, I reckon. Oh yeah. And uh, do you know what? 
It's like it's like it's gone full circle on the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Here we are on episode twenty. I can't believe we've been doing this nearly five months. And um, it all started from Alex Corbizero's rapping. Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum is straight, Tom is right, I don't deny it. And then, he's, and then we learnt of his England colleague Matt Stevens' shady past on Celebrity X Factor. And then, after me and JB had spent a lot of time on the internet looking at James Haskell's website and Ben Foden's <laughs> website. A lot of time. A lot of time. We stumbled across Ben Foden doing a bit of singing. What you doing, Ben? I'm doing nothing. Well, I've got to say, I've got, I've got to get a, the Twitter page up so I can give props to what Katie said for drawing our attention to Ben Foden. Who She's a very, good, a very good follower. Rich source of content, so thank you very mm. much, Katie. She's let us know that Ben Foden's been at it again. He's been singing with his missus. This is what happens when Ben Foden gets injured. He gets in the recording studio and he's in, in an actual recording studio. Una from the Una Saturday, it, the delicious Una Saturday, as JB calls her, is there playing guitar and Ben Foden is doing a version of Tom Petty's Free Falling. Doesn't pronounce that he is like he falling. You, you, you think that's the biggest problem, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Ben Foden, rugby okey, love it. Why does he do it? Well, he's obviously an avid listener to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Is this and more he just content wants, for us? Wants more airtime. Yeah, he was getting annoyed with all the Irishmen getting featured in the last <laughs> couple of weeks and wants to bring it back home to its roots. Good man, Ben, I salute you for that. Yeah, fair play. Okay, well, let's briefly talk about the Premiership because it's easy to let that get sidetracked totally from the matches just because the Six Nations were on. We didn't mention Ireland, France really too much. It was just pretty uh, Italy, France, Italy, France. Sorry, it was just a bit of a routine. I don't think it was. I don't think France looked that good again. Yeah, I think they were. No, no, hold on. They looked amazing in their oh, kit. Sorry, oh, sorry. They yeah. looked amazing. Pickamalls is a unit, isn't it? Yeah, they looked <laughs> sensational. <laughs> Fofana. And, uh, well, I think and they won Uge. despite Philippe Saint Andre. I don't know what it is about French coaches wanting to sink the national team, <laughs> but like, they, queue, they, they, they queue up this job and then they just systematically try and destroy French rugby. Um, they did nothing first off. Unless Pickamalls had the ball and could just bulldoze people. When you're 12, has to pick and go down the blind side to create a try. They scored <laughs> three opportunistic tries. Yeah. In the second half, where they were dominant and scored three tries, they were only in Italy's 22 for 6% of the time. Mm. Italy were in France's 22 for 30% of the Fair time. Play. Crazy. So it's... It's a demonstration of that like clinical finishing and ruthlessness mm. rather oh. than controlling the game and dominance. Oh, the French just bad coaches. Do you think that could be it? I will say the more structured rugby gets, the sort of the less it plays into France's hands. They're best when I know it's a stereotype, but it does. The they, stereotypes exist for a reason. The stereotype of them just like the, the abandon and running it from their own try line and stuff yeah. like that. That's what you love about watching cracking France, open isn't it? champagne on the halfway and, and that yeah. kind of thing. And that's what two of their tries kind of yeah. were, particularly the. Uh, the other winger, Bonneval, um, which Fofana to Uge to, mm. to Bonneval to score. That was exactly that, the free-flowing and passing. I think there's a brilliant. lot for Italy to build on. I, I really, I really, I'm really starting to quite like them. Scotland have got to go to Rome. and Can't wait for this. I can't yeah. wait for that beat down. 
Yeah. I, I, I say that I can't wait for it. The Italians really can't wait for it. Yeah. How ironic that they finally found a fly half and he happens to be Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's oh. talk about the Premiership then, um, because there was some really close games and mm. some really unfortunate people. Well, I mean, Worcester will be ruining that defeat to Leicester at home. One oh. point they went down. I'm feeling very sorry for, for Exeter. Exeter? Worcester. 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 Sorry, I also feel very sorry for Exeter, but we'll come on to that in a second. Worcester looked on top. I saw Josh Granonui's try, mm. and Worcester were looking pretty good. And the commentators were saying that they had been on top for long periods, but just couldn't close it out. Cliché time, losing is a habit, and I think uh, a team with a bit more behind them could have sealed off that game. Mm. Chris Pennell, I mean, a really good fullback. Really, I mean, he's he's unlucky if. You know, Rob Miller's a fine fullback and he, he's a good player for sale and he's on his way to Wasp. But actually, on form, you'd have to say Chris Pennell's unlucky not to be Saxon's fullback. He's, yeah, he's probably been one I of the form players in the Premiership in yeah. that position. He's even more unlucky the fact that he's decided to sign <laughs> yeah, a two, two year contract. Two year deal at, or at you could say, what a refreshing change that someone who's come through an academy and is going, I oh, know I'm going to stick with my club. No, no, I'd, I'd go with the idiot. Um, <laughs> he needs to get out of there. And actually, hopefully, his performances will be strong enough that when they go down this year, someone like Northampton oh, or. There'll be plenty of teams that'll be lining up for him. Let's got to mention London Irish. That was a fantastic victory. I mean, it's easy to say, as you know, Saracens fans will probably try and say, "Oh, we're missing our internationals." But running down the Saracens fifteen that lost at home to London Irish, the first time they've first been beaten time. at home. Yeah, there was oh, Chris wow. a- Chris Ashton, Marcello Bosch, international, international. Yep, David Strettle, Charlie Hodgson, who had a shocker. JB, really? Uh, yeah, Neil DeCock, and they're all they're all in the backs, internationals, and then in the forwards. International Matt Stevens, international Steve Borthwick, international Morris Botha, international Jack Berger, international Ernst Schubert. That is a good team. What short Brits was it? Was on he the on? bench. On the bench. Along with Jim. Shout <laughs> Bricks, James Johnston on the bench. Cruz. Cruz, who's in England, Saxons player on the bench. Richard Wigglesworth on the bench. Joel Tompkins on the bench. Oh my God. And the firepower they've got is frightening. And fair play, London Irish, for turning them over. That is a brilliant is, result. Yeah. yeah. I think London Irish have been threatening a big result for a long time, but I wouldn't have expected it in that game. I'll tell you what, they actually kind of took them on up front. Second um, rows. Well, it was a fine offload from uh, that, that sec- their second row, Nick Rouse, um, to Matt Parr. Two guys from picked up from Nottingham last yeah. season who both uh, put in a show. Eamon Sheridan, Fergus Mulcrone oh. had big games. Our latest, our latest follower. Eamon Who's Sheridan. That? Eamon Sheridan, is he? Yes, yeah. I was absolutely delighted. But, Good lad. But, well, that. Welcome on board, Eamon. It's uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter if you want to join Eamon Sheridan. Uh, <laughs> but him and Fergus Mulcrone did, did, did a typically Irish thing of Tom, the choke tackles. Ah. <laughs> the choke tackle. They, they killed Saracens with choke tackles. Their season's not been the best at times. No. They had some poor performances, but... They are starting to put some results together now. Mm. They're looking good. Yeah, you mentioned Exeter will be devastated. Is that a, at home yeah, to that Northampton? Yeah, that was a real, real kick in the teeth, that one. I mean, again, look, looking at Northampton's team without their internationals is still pretty frightening. Earlier in the season when Northampton played Saracens during the Autumn Internationals and Ernst Joubert went on record before the match saying that um, he felt a bit sorry for Northampton because they didn't have the depth and squad that Saracens did and Northampton put 40 points on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Saracens, without their current international, some of their current internationals during the Six Nations, again, lost to uh, London Irish. So that's perhaps a sign that their depth... Isn't quite what we think it is. Yeah, probably in some positions. In, in others, they quite clearly do have it, but... 
not all around. Without that leader of men, Owen Farrell. Who had a, another good game. He had a good game, whilst, I will point yeah, out, I as I say, Charlie Hodgson had a poor game for Saracens. I will, I will, uh, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And I will say, this Six Nations, he's, he's looked really good. Mm. Not put a foot wrong yet. And Saracens are missing him. Yeah, amazingly. You might have to reevaluate your whole outlook on life, JP. No, <laughs> Sir Charlie will uh, be... Put, will be uh, Pulling the strings against him. Uh, Bath, it was a pretty routine victory. I mean, it's three all at half time at home to Newcastle in pretty, you know, n- not the best of posi- Condition. conditions. Yeah. The wagon ro- keeps on rolling for Bath with a front row of Nathan Cat, Orlandi, and Weber. That is massive. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, but that's second string props, that. Yeah. Well, I think third Nathan, string in the case of Orlandi. Orlandi. I yeah. think Nathan Cat is going to be first string next year. Sure. Uh, with Paul James. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He is looking pretty tidy. Well, boys, we've been invited by BT Sport to um, to go and hang out with their commentary team and whatnot at the AJ Bell Stadium for Sale Sharks hosting Saracens. Oh, excellent. Oh, um, lovely. So that's on Friday, this Friday, the 14th of <laughs> February. This Friday. This Friday, Valentine's Day. So, JB, you'll be, you'll be there, will you? 100%. Abs- absolutely. This is the final Valentine's Day before you get married. Are you sure you want to do that, Dave? Uh, yeah, I, I, I give you my word. I will. I would 100% rather be at sale this Friday than doing anything else. So I'll see you there. I, I guarantee. Sure, you. you haven't got a pianist to go and watch. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Phil, Phil, you'll be there. Obviously, Phil will. Uh, uh, Phil, be- Phil's only early days in a relationship. That's fine. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've noticed that tonight you've pushed your fringe down over your forehead. Is that to cover up a thumbprint? I can't, I can't <laughs> <see anything. laughs> right. There is one final thing we've got to do on this week's podcast, and that is pick a dream team. Ooh, and la- yeah. last week's got a load of... Well, it's not even a dream team we're picking, actually, because I don't know if we're going to get 1-15. to 15. Basically, I noticed during the Scotland-England game, doesn't Scott Johnson look like Gerard Depardieu, <laughs> the French actor? He does. He absolutely does. I once had a dare to go up to Scott, Scott Johnson in a uh, sportsman's dinner and say that I really liked his role in Highlander, but I didn't really get it. <laughs> uh, this is Gerard Depardieu. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's the spit of Scott Johnson. Oh, my God. Is he good at losing rugby games as well? But he wouldn't bring off David Denton. He's good at urinating in public. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. So he'd probably fit quite in quite well with... Uh, in rugby circles. So I thought rugby lookalikes. What rugby lookalikes can we come up with? And if we get a 15, that's fine. Otherwise, just a list of good rugby lookalikes. So another one I noticed over the weekend, and that was the fact that Johnny Sexton and Devon Toner have the same face. <laughs> Devon yes. Toner ah, is nice. Devon Toner is Johnny Sexton on stilts. And you've mentioned it before um, about a couple of players yeah. who look identical, JB. Yeah, I would have... There's a few in the England team. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Dylan Hartley. Dylan um, Hartley. Chris Ashton. Chris Ashton. Uh, Brad Barrett. Corbett Sierra. Yeah. Oh, from, brilliant. From, from long distance, you can't tell. Like, from a, an overview of the pitch, you can't tell who's who. Hang on. Uh, there's one more as well. Um, Brad Barrett. Oh, Dan Lydiot and uh, the new prop, Jones. Uh, Rodri. Rodri Jones. Jones. So we could, we could have a front row of Ashton, Barrett and Lydiot. Well, I would also... You could have an all-English front row because Joe Simpson looks exactly like a slimmed-down Dan Cole. <laughs> he does. So can we have Dan Cole at Scrum Hall? Yes. <laughs> Dan Cole also looks a bit like the Honey Monster, I think. Well, I was going to say Sam- Samson Lee. Uh, sorry, Samson oh, yeah. Lee looks like the Honey Monster. Yeah. 
Uh. Totally. There's one I've mentioned before in a previous podcast, uh, James O'Connor and Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yes, that's very yeah. good. Total spit. So we can have Justin Bieber at fullback. <laughs> one, one I spotted the other day, uh, just, just on Saturday actually, um, was Mike Brown and namesake Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old classic of... Um, Oh, Leinster. Leo Cullen. Leo Cullen. Leo Cullen and the big friendly giant. Yeah. <laughs> Roald Dahl's BFG. Yeah. That one's uncanny, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite astonishing. Tanner Umanga. Do you remember everyone used to say he looked like Predator? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is quite, quite, quite a good team. Richard Hibbard's like a fat Robbie Savage. <laughs> Uh, what else did I get? Wayne Barnes, uh, your favourite ref, JB. Oh, there was a great tweet about this. Tintin. No. Oh. <laughs> the, I, like, look, I like the look of it. You, someone sent us a tweet saying about Wayne Barnes being on Family Fortunes. Did they? Oh, it, yeah. So, um, search it on Twitter, Wayne Barnes, Family Fortunes. It is hilarious. I'll do some other ones while you're, okay. while you're finding that, for, uh, Phil. Burger Masco and Jack Burger. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's good. Victor Matfield and former WWE wrestler Razor Ramon. Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Martin Johnson and Lieutenant Wolf out of Star Trek. <laughs> Mike Tyndall and Shrek. Phil Warren Shrek or Phil Warren Sloth from the Goonies. Yeah, Phil Ward definitely. Uh, Will Carling and a bum. <laughs> so, Brian Ashton and Yoda. <laughs> uh, what about um, Charteris and Warburton? Well, yeah, you're right. Warburton on stilts equals yeah. Luke Charteris. <laughs> what was the player you were looking for? Uh, I was looking for Wayne Barnes' oh, Family yeah. Fortunes tweet, but oh, sorry, Stuart Barnes. Oh, Stuart. Barnes. Oh, for goodness, Stuart sake. Barnes. Sorry, it is really funny. Zero results again. Zero results. Yeah, maybe it's not that. Oh well. Have you dreamt a tweet? No, it's very, very funny, and I can't remember who sent it. If you are that person that sent us the tweet, <laughs> have you, have you, have you, have it. It's not family fortunes. He <laughs> <laughs> says someone has tweeted. Um, they were watching an episode of Pointless. That's the one. <laughs> and Seb Lumsden, I'm giving you props, Seb Lumsden. I, I don't know if you're a rugby player, Seb. You've got a rugby kit on in your picture. He's a part-time Leeds Uni student and says he's a full-time legend. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you are in my eyes. He says, Will Greenwood, have you seen your pal Stuart Barnes on Pointless today? Hashtag uncanny. And then he posts... <laughs> <laughs> Can you, can you retweet that from where you are, yeah. Tim? Right, I'm retweeting that now from at Rugby Podcast uh, as we're <laughs> recording this podcast. So if it's if it's not the latest tweet you've seen, go and look through our previous tweets. That is so uncanny. <laughs> Amazing. I told you it was worth it. It, it absolutely was. That was Thank, worth thank you, Jay. And we're going out on a high, JB. Um, do you want to sing us out, Phil? Because his brother has been in the news, can we have... Is it George Burgess or Tom Burgess? One of the Burgess twins. The one who who doesn't take pictures of his penis. Ooh. Oh yes, was yeah. it was it the one who takes? Or was it? The, I don't know. George Burgess is the one who's taken nude selfies, which have been posted on the internet. Who is he sending them to? I mean, I, you know, if I look like that, I might might take nude pictures of myself. I'm not talking about his, any, any just talking about it anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm digging a hole now. Um, 
Tom. Yeah, Tom is the other brother. They're the two twins. George and Tom are the two young twins. Sam is the middle one. and One wraps, one strips. And Luke is the elder. <laughs> no, he said it's his brother. Tom Burgess, brother of potential future England inside centre, Sam Burgess, uh, rapping, doing Kanye West this and Jay-Z. Is so this is awful. But I apologise in advance. I'll just say we'll see you next time and it'll all be better again. Here goes Tom Burgess. I invent a swag Popping bottles Putting supermodels In the cab Bite him I guess I got my swagger back Truth You watch alert Few blows All them big face rolling I got two of those Arm up the window Through the city I maneuver so Cop back Snap back See my cut through the hose Sam crazy Well I'm about to go Dumb again They ain't seen me Cause I pulled up In my other bands Last week I was in my other Other bands So your diamonds up Cause we're in this bitch Another game For the shoot fresh Looking like well, going back to call the Hi, I'm Paul Schulz, and I listen to Exchange's podcast. That is wonderful. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.